Barbara and Heather has a special this morning.
Thank y'all very much for sharing your talents. Let me get get, get started. Uh, go ahead and open your Bibles, Genesis 1-1. If you notice, uh, matter of fact, my son came up to me and he pointed at the outline. He said, Dad, what is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not my normal looking outline. And uh, so I had uh, got that and some other notes here. I've got some books. I've... Uh, Got a table set up in the back that I want to share with you, a lot of information. Uh, so before I get started reading God's Word, and really I prayed about how to get started, and I said, well, let's just, and I didn't know, I had so much information, it felt like it wasn't organized, I've got a lot of other stuff, and uh, so just uh, go with this. There's another hard question, real answer uh, and that is, uh, how uh, can we trust the Bible? Can, you know, and let me go ahead and say this, is that a lot of times uh, you who may be older and, and uh, you may not have gone to college or, or maybe you work with somebody, it seems like the more education people get, that uh, the more they're, they're surrounded. What it is, is you sur- it's who you're around. And you say, well, I don't doubt the Bible, and I know God created it all, and I've got no doubt, so why is Brother Michael preaching on it? Well, the thing is, there's a lot of people who do have doubts. And uh, you may be steadfast, solid, no doubts whatsoever, but if you're ever asked a question, if somebody ever asks you, can you you give them more than, uh, most of the time it's two answers whenever we're not prepared. A lot of times we say, well, uh, why did God create dinosaurs? We say, well, just because. <laughs> we need to be able to say more than just because and uh, just because. Uh, Genesis, I'm just going to put my finger on those two scriptures, Genesis 1-1 and Exodus 20 and verse 11. Now, this is later. Also, Jesus reiterated this. And a lot of people you know, wonder about a, there's a, in our work, there's an idea of a recreation, but if you just let the Bible take out everything people say, just let the Bible speak for itself, it becomes crystal clear, okay? In Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. If you have another different kind of Bible besides uh, King James, it probably says heavens, plural, but the word there just means uh, our, uh, our air, there's three heavens mentioned in the Bible, and physical, okay? Uh, two physical, one spiritual, and that is uh, the air and outer space, the heavens. The heavens declare 
the handiwork of God, the stars, okay? Then we have our atmosphere, the blue sky part, the clouds and all that. And then we have heaven where God dwells, all right? In the beginning, God created really and truly. The heaven here means heavens, every, all of it, just all in one. And then it says in Genesis 20:11 that uh, in six days, God made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. He rested the seventh, okay? All right? Now, in my outline, because I want to be just like you, I did not put any pre-printed verses. So I'm going to be turning just like you are. I'm going to be flipping in my Bible, nothing pre-printed. So I don't, I don't get ahead of you. I'll turn there with you, okay? A lot going on. That's, the, that's it. As we look, let's just say, what does God's Word say? Now, some people say, I put in there, if you say, what is that second word? I know what creation is. What is Darwinian? Yeah. Darwinianism. All right? Darwinianism and uh, Darwinism. There we go. I'll say it even correctly. I'll get tongue tied. Darwinism. Some, another writer said Darwinianism, but it's Darwinism. You know, Charles Darwin, who came up with a theory that everything tends uh, to get better, all right? And that we all evolved. But did you know even physics says, the second law of thermodynamics, physics laws that all things tend toward entropy. That's a fancy word meaning all things tend toward disorder. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, just leave your house, it'll get better. <laughs> leave your yard, it'll get better, just leave it alone. But nothing in life gets better with time. But evolution says the opposite. We start with something just small, and it all gets better over time. It evolves to get better. Now, let's take off Genesis 2. I'm just going to take off with the first two. Genesis 2, 4 and 2 Kings 19. I'm just going to head there. So let's quickly, let's see what the Bible says about creation. Is there's such thing as evolution. You say, no, I don't believe it. But the science, especially the last 150 years, it has permeated ever since Darwinism, uh, the theory of evolution, the tree of life. There's some icons, a great book called The Icons of Evolution, Why What We Teach About Evolution is Wrong. All right, Genesis chapter 2 and Second Kings. All right, got my finger on one. And now 2 Kings chapter 19, and I'm getting there, so should you be. I hope you can do that. Give your Bible a workout this morning. Speaking of workout, I thought, well, yesterday I, had, I knew I had a six-hour uh, associational meeting. Brother Norman, my wife, myself, Trey stayed for half of it. He had some previous engagements. And, uh, and so I said, well, I need to get up, do my Bible reading, take off, get a little exercise. I was real proud of myself, but my injury wasn't hurting, so did my three and a half miles and, and uh, got to the meeting. I talked to a preacher, and he said, well, yeah, I had a little jog this morning, 15 miles. I said, wow, so much for my, yeah, yeah. That was the missionary James Taylor, and uh, he's Pauline's missionary, the one from Africa. Anyway, Genesis 2, 4. It says, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord made the heaven, the earth and the heavens. So the Lord God made all of it. Oh, by the way, if you want a real good commentary, uh, Genesis 1 
tells about the creation, Genesis 2 is just a commentary on Genesis 1. So look at it that way, real, a, lot, a lot easier. Genesis 1, creation. Genesis chapter 2, a commentary about what he did. All right? And if you wonder about word order or something like that. 2 Kings 19 and verse 15. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, where dwellest thou between the cherubims? In other words, up in heaven between the angels. Thou art the God, even thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. He's praying to God. Now, if you want to witness somebody and say, well, your God, just I want to talk about the God who made everything. That's the God we serve. Some people say, I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I also serve the God who made everything. Okay? You do too if you believe in the God who has a son named Jesus. Head now to Second Chronicles, just a little ways over from Kings, Second Chronicles chapter two, and put my finger there, and then I'm going to go ahead and head to Isaiah 37. Just go past Psalms, all of that. You'll see it on Isaiah 37. Okay. A lot of Bible flipping, but I want you to be for certain. What does the Bible say? In uh, Isaiah 37, 16, or excuse me, let me read Second Chronicles 2, verse 12. It says, Haram said, moreover, this guy said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel that made heaven and earth. And then if you skip over to Isaiah 37 and verse 16, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel... Thou dwellest between the cherubims up in heaven. Thou art God, even thou alone. And of all thy kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. All right. Uh, for time, the rest of those are for you to read. One of the most famous ones is whenever uh, in Acts 17, is when Paul witnessed to non-Jews who'd never heard of Abraham. Since he couldn't say, let me tell you about the God of Abraham, guess what he said? These people didn't know anything about Jews or Jewish history. Guess what the great Apostle Paul said? Let me tell you about the God who made everything. That's what I want to talk to you about. Now, quickly, before I read this, got some science quotes here that I just want to share with you. I'll tell you what, I'll read uh, this one here. The case for a creator, I believe we got it back there in the back. Uh, most of you may not have been in the library, so guess what I did this morning? I brought the library to you. All about creation is back there, uh, back row, back yonder. I'm just going to come visit you in just a second. Let me read this quote. Listen to this. Now, this is in chapter 2 called Doubts About Darwinism. This is one of the greatest books on, if you want to say, the whole point of this is to say, People say, well, I heard the teacher at UAM, I heard the teacher at ULM, the SAU teacher said this, stop accepting what just people say. I could tell you the sky is made up of billions of M&M particles. You know, okay, Brother Michael, he's got a doctoral degree, so he says, and I do, and I, you know, studying biblical languages, and guess what? You know, just say, well, Brother Michael, Dr. Michael said this, the doctor so-and-so said this, and you, instead of, and all these scientists, 
you know, there was a publication by a public broadcasting system about how majority of scientists accept evolution, Darwinism. It's all, be, that's scientific fact. It's scientific theory. Listen to this. And so a bunch of scientists were insulted by the PBS article and special public broadcasting system sponsored by our government. All right. Or helped by our government. Listen to this. There were 100 of them. Biologists, chemists, zoologists, physicists, anthropologists, molecular and cell biologists. And a lot of these names, you say, what in the world? Just, just listen. or don't have to figure them all out. You can look them up. That's why I brought the library to you. Okay. All right. Astrophysicists and other scientists. Their doctorates came from such prestigious universities as Cambridge, Stanford, Cornell, Yale, Rutgers, Chicago, Princeton, Purdue, Duke, Michigan, Syracuse, Temple, Berkeley. They included professors from Yale Graduate School, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Tulane, Rice, Emory, George Mason, uh, University of California, Washington, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Colorado, Nebraska, Missouri, Iowa. All of these people... Among them was the director for the Center of, for the Computational Quantum Chemistry, scientist at the Plasma Physics Labs at Princeton University, the National Museum of Natural History at the Smithsonian, all right, and all of these, and they wanted the world to know that they're, they're, they are skeptical about what the PBS special said. Listen to this. Matter of fact, they put a news article, and you can look up the bibliography to find out where it is in a two-page advertisement in a national magazine called A Scientific Descent. It means going away from Darwinism. All right? Listen to this. We, and this is a quote from the article, we are skeptical of the claims of the ability of random mutation and natural selection to account for the complexity of life. Natural selection and just uh, mutation cannot account for the complexity of life. They, these were not narrow-minded, fundamental Baptist people. These are highly educated. Just, just, I'm going to pull out a couple of scientists among this group that put out this article. Respected world-class scientists like Nobel nominee Harold F. Sh- Henry F. Schaefer, the third most cited chemist in the world, James Tour of Rice University Center for Nanoscale Science, I've got a quote by him in just a second. Technology in Houston. Uh, Fred Figsworth, professor of cellular and microphysiology at Yale Graduate School. And all of these guys said there's no way natural selection and mutations can account for just it all coming about. Now, I know y'all got to turn. You walk with me. You can turn around. Look, around, Or you can just listen to me as Jeff keeps my microphone going. I've got, all these came from our library. I will get more, also double copies. I'm going to, you can listen, the greatest DVD set to, for just laymen. That's called, I like consider myself a layman. The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, and Case of Creator. This is a three DVD set. If you like to watch videos more than read, this is for you. Guess what I have the majority of back here? DVDs, all right? The key to reclaiming our culture is called the secular worldview. Brother Kenneth, let me see your glasses a second. Thank you, sir. Now, if I look through his glasses, they're not designed for me. Oh, my goodness, Kenneth, you're blind. All right. 
All right, and so they're not, if you look through the world's view glasses, Darwin, you're, guess what you're going to come up with? I don't need God. Darwinism explains everything. If you only look through ones, look through the glasses right here, Brother O.L., look through these glasses, all right? This Bible will hold up. Oh, by the way, it's not science versus the Bible. Science, if you study it, agrees with the Bible and Bible with science. It just go with it, all right? Oh, quickly, y'all are doing great. I can have y'all's attention. All right, y'all are doing awesome. Uh, six days of creation, where did God come from? The Bible explains dinosaurs, dinosaurs in the Bible, the age of the earth. Uh, if you want some deep reading, the Genesis record by Dr. Morris, somebody who's got a Ph.D., in hydraulic engineering, and he wrote, I mean, this thick book on Genesis, the more, the biblical Genesis record, excuse me, great read, but it is detailed, all right? Uh, the Hoban Theory of the Garden of Eden, incredible creatures that defy evolution. You, you know, you think that all things, tend, you can only go backwards so much. There must be a complexity before you can have uh, uh, certain life forms, okay? The dangers of evolution, questions and answers. So, guess what? I've got pens. I've got Miss Joanne's box there. Pull out the card out of the back of the DVD and the book. You can check them out right back there. Be sure when you sign your name on the card, put it in that little plastic box back there. So, I brought a little bit of the library to you this morning. We have a little bit of ammunition. Don't just say... Now, some of you say... well. I believe it. So, but this is this arms you with some answers, and you'll you'll read or listen to and watch some of this, and you will say, "Oh," or you may say, "Wow." But don't just accept some professor or some book says evolution. Okay, I believe it. I don't need the Bible because. But some people, uh, you know, you can try to mix both. They won't mix. Okay. You know, the Bible said, and it agrees with science. Now, quickly, that same fellow from, now this is all what the uh, Bible says. Uh, this is biochemist Michael Bay of Lay University. In a loud, clear, piercing cry of design, he said in his groundbreaking critique of Darwinism, the conclusion of, and now scientists will always say this, instead of saying creation, they tend to say, set up to try to be politically correct, they'll say intelligent design instead of creation. That's the science way of saying creation, intelligent design. Now, a lot of them will be Baptist or something else or whatever denomination, but the thing is, is to re Darwinism says you don't need God. Say that we, you know, that everything came about by chance and life came from nothing. Life came from nothing. And so I'm just giving you in about 35, 30 minutes, only been up here 20, but uh, listen, I'm just giving you a little bit. That's why I'm telling you about these other resources, okay? Now we're going to go back to the Bible in just a second. But I gave you all plenty of Scripture, more than one, okay? All right, many people, it says... Uh, the reluctance of science to embrace the conclusion of intelligent design has no justifiable foundation. Many people, including many important, well-respected scientists, just don't want there to be anything beyond nature. 
Now listen to this guy. The last quote, and I'm headed back to the Bible. But you have to know that, listen, if you stand against a teacher. Now, some teachers have to teach. They say, well, the book says this, but I don't agree with it. Now, some teachers in public schools will do that. They'll try to balance it if they're a Christian teaching evolution or having to teach uh Something to that nature. Now, they'll try to balance it, and then they, they, you can meander around it and get around it. But anyway, but you have to know that there are a lot of highly, highly educated people who don't agree with idiots at every university, okay? And, you know, and there's highly educated idiots in this world, okay? Now, I'm sorry for being so blunt, and a lot of people don't like me using that word, but that's just, that's me, and I'm sorry, but... That's just, that's it. Listen to this guy, same guy, James Tour, um, Houston nanoscientist and chemistry center, nanoscale science and technology, re- recently finished giving a speech with a doctorate in organic chemistry per- from Purdue, U- Purdue University, postdoctoral work at Stanford University and the University of Wisconsin on the cutting edge research in the molecular world. He's written more than 140 technical research articles hold 17 United States patents. He says, I build molecules for a living. All right? He said, now these molecules have to do with nanoscience and, and uh, computers. And, uh, he was re- and he says, I can't begin to tell you how difficult that job is. But the purpose of his talk was not to dazzle the audience with descriptions from the latest high-tech efforts to store enormous amounts of information on a microscopic scale. We've got these thumb drives. These are these guys who create these things who can put a, a gazillion things on one little thumb drive, all right? And uh, he said instead his talk was to describe something else he's found deeper and deeper he probed in the awe-inspiring wonders of the molecular level, the fingerprints of an intelligent designer. Here's his quote, I stand in awe of God because what he has done through creation. Only a rookie who knows nothing about science would say science takes away from faith. He says, if you really study science, it will bring you closer to God. Okay, so enough of the scientific world, but you have to know if you doubt what some professor says, it's okay. So, and, and I, and I ask people to question the Bible. Question it. Say, why did God say what He says? Is it okay to say, can I look at the Bible and trust it? The reason I'm saying that is because the Bible will stand up. It'll stand, I don't even have to prop it up. I don't even have to prop it up. It will stand up to scrutiny. It will stand up to challenges and has never been defied, has never been defeated. I don't even have to prop it up with two-by-fours or pixel sticks. It will stand up to the test. Bring on the challenges. All right. And so question people. Question me. See if what I'm saying is true. Read for yourself. Just don't accept what a PBS, public broadcasting, you listen to TV and the History Channel says this world is 7 billion years old and it all came about by accident. Don't believe everything you hear and read. Challenge it. Read, research, study, listen to other people. Ask questions. Don't accept things on blind faith. And you can even say that about the Bible. Will it stand up? Question it. But you know why I tell you to question it? Say, is this real? Research. People that are atheists said, 
I don't believe it and I'm going to prove it wrong. Then they end up getting saved. <laughs> they end up getting saved. It will stand up. Attack my Bible if you want to. Attack my God if you want to. Attack my Jesus. They tried to kill Him. He just came back from the grave. Folks, it will stand up. So, I'm not afraid of science. I'm not afraid of some professor from any university. Creation is the way to go. It is the Bible. It is God. God created everything. And so, I celebrate that this morning in Hebrews 11. I love this fact. And there's so many of them. I have some other, of course, those other scriptures that I didn't read from the New Testament. But Hebrews 11.3 simply says this. Through faith. Through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God spoke the world into into existence. There was a big bang when God said, let there be. And boom! There was. Matter of fact, many scientists today came up with a big bang to say there was, you know, infinitesimals spinning rapidly fast of (laughs) non-matter. If it's non-matter, then what's spinning? (laughs) And all of a sudden, boom, it exploded, and so everything came from nothing. But it really did. But God did it. Now a lot of scientists are running away from the Big Bang model. Big Bang model. By faith, did you know we understand how the world came to be, but did you know it's by faith that we are saved? In Ephesians chapter 2. Quickly, let's head down the Romans road. Well, starting out with Ephesians, then we'll hit Romans. But Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are you saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And that not of yourselves. By the way, the word that refers to grace. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then we go to Romans 3, 10 and 23. Folks, this world is messed up because of sin. And Romans 3 says, There's none righteous, no, not one. And for all, including your preacher and including the Pope, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5, verse 8 and 12. Well, since we're all sinners, God proved. The word commendeth in the King James means proved His love toward us. Even before you thought about God, He thought about you. Christ died for you. How did all this happen? 
Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered the world. Doesn't say by one woman. If Adam had not followed his wife, she would have died alone. Trey and I were discussing that this week. Why did Adam freely, willingly eat the fruit knowingly what it was going to do? The Bible says in the Old Testament and the New that Eve was deceived, but Adam was not. But he willingly made the wrong choice. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We got it from Adam. Everybody got your sin nature from your dad. At least I believe that. And uh, God, Jesus didn't have a sin nature because of... Uh, his God, excuse me, his dad was God. And then the greatest gift in the world, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, and that death has to do with hell. So the wages of sin is hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And this great, how do I get this great gift? Romans 10 Verse 9 and 13. How do you get saved? How, are you going to heaven? If you Let me go ahead and say this and break it down. If you've not done this, you're not going to heaven. You, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. be saved. I had to put all that in there because listen the title of my sermon hard questions real answers in 36 minutes y'all did good hard questions real answers number one creation leads you to God Darwinism not science. Don't mix it up. Science and the Bible go together. There's a lot of science in the Bible. It's Darwinism or evolution leads you away from God. And people that head away from God cannot get saved. So please, go to God. He's not afraid of science. Neither should you be. Embrace it. It agrees with the Bible. As we prepare for an invitation. Father, as we bow before you. I ask you this morning to please let your Holy Spirit just take some of the words that I've said, mainly the scriptures that have been read. Not is they're more important than the words that I've said. Dear Lord, take your word. Please let somebody know. If they've not asked you to be their Savior, if they've not realized that we are sinners before you, we are guilty before you. I need you to just convict them of their need of salvation just to pray and ask you to save them, confessing their sin, calling on you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.